Whether it's for motorsports or recreational items, household or manufacturing needs, Professional Plating Incorporated can meet and exceed your expectations for all of your zinc plating, e-coating, and powder coating needs. Located in Brilliant, Wisconsin, Pro Plating is a top shop in the entire USA, running production for the likes of John Deere, Harley-Davidson, and more. When you want the best quality and service, Professional Plating is where you need to be. Visit them online at www.proplating.com. Welcome, everybody, to the second now episode of Inside the Helmet. I am here. I am Trevor Frank. I am the host of this. Lauren is sitting across from me. We just recorded the Box 3 pod. Hi. And now he's just vibing listening to the the podcast that's going to outperform his, hopefully. Um, we have Brian Peterson in here. Uh, Brian, I obviously know who you are. Um, not that long. We've only been friends for like a year. But... Um, just because we're dirt roundy round people, a lot of people might not know you. Um, so why don't you just kind of give like a brief rundown on what you do and where you're from and how you got into what you race, which is snowcross and eh, pit bikes sometimes too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, my name is Brian Peterson, uh, from Northern Illinois, um, right on the border of Wisconsin pretty much. So that's how, how I know a lot of you guys from the dirt track sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I got into racing snowmobiles when I was, about five years old and i'm 28 now so i've been doing it for better part of my life and uh yeah i'm just like working class guy trying to trying to make something of himself in the sport of snowcross um so obviously you and i met through some mutual friends and i uh i got almost kind of thrown to the wolves (laughs) in the first weekend that i met you um because you had uh i don't remember there was didn't your belt snap on the first race and then something else happened midair and you like flipped at Plymouth. Uh, it was something along those lines. Like I can't remember a more turbulent weekend than that. Um, yeah, it wasn't a good weekend. <laughs> dude, it was, yeah, it was not good. I mean, freezing, freezing cold conditions, uh, pretty much a, like a home race for me. I mean, it was only two hours from home. So, um, super close, a race that I really enjoyed doing. And, uh, yeah, it was riding, pretty well all day long and then the first pro light final i think uh i think i was on my way to winning it and then with like a lap to go i blew a chain and went over the bars and bent the sled up pretty good and then that's when uh that's when old ballpark stepped (laughs) in for me that was the time that brian got introduced to how hard i could hit shit with a hammer um i remember just trying to straighten your bumper and using heat and we were in connor's trailer and you walked away to like just decompress, and when you came back, you were like, "Oh, you guys put a new bumper out." I was like, "No, it's the same one. Just don't worry about it. Don't don't ask how it's on there, and don't ask how it's fixed. It's just fixed." Uh, it was it was interesting. Um, so, like I said, you know, um, just on that topic, right? So you you race regional and national stuff. Um, obviously, like with the Amsoil Championship Snowcross Series is the national stuff, and then your regional series is the Midwest snowcross series, which you're really involved in. Um, so, and you do a lot of stuff, like you're always busy. So, you know, uh, the national versus regional thing, it, it gets to me because in our world, you don't really have that unless you're going from like a local tour to like a super national tour that, you know, races 90 nights a year, um, on, on when we race like 30, uh, stuff like that. So, I know that at a, at a regional level, you're pretty much a shoe in for pro light and pro am, and and I mean that's just because you ride very well, especially at some of the shorter, little like choppier kind of like Plymouthy tracks. 
um, and and like you just ride really well at a local level. But like last year, I know that you struggled at the national level. Just talk about what what changes you have to make as a rider to be in a, a headspace. Like the regional level has to be a different headspace than the national level. So just kind of touch on that and how you can prepare yourself for that. Man, if I knew the answer to that, I'd probably be a better national racer. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's tough. Like so much of the sport of snowcross, like any sport, really, it's it's mental. Um, when you do a regional race, which is pretty much what I grew up doing until I was, you know, a senior in college. That's when I kind of made the jump and started doing nationals like full time, and really started to, you know, just get committed to doing that. Um, so I grew up doing regionals. I was always accustomed to racing kind of the same guys on every single weekend. Um, the track conditions are a lot different too. Uh, they're not like quite as polished as the national tracks these days. Um, but with the conditions, you know, like tracks tend to get more icy. Uh, so it's, they're pretty difficult conditions, but I mean, it's technical riding and I feel like my riding style kind of gels with that pretty well. So I think regionals for me come, a little bit easier uh you know the skill level may not be as high as it is for nationals but to me it's seat time it's it's racing the people involved with some of these regional series these days are are just awesome um literally they take their shirt off the back their back for you and they just they would do anything just to get you out on the track i mean you've got competitors lending you parts just so you can get on the line and race against them in the, in the next race so regionals are really like close to my heart but at the same time it's like i really want to you know i want to show what i've got on the national tour and the last couple years have definitely had their their challenges for me yeah and you know i so i've never i've never gotten to a national anytime that i've planned to go to a national something has happened i've yeah either like any you know i something stupid has happened or or it gets canceled like geneva the first year that um i met you i was going to go to lake geneva or something it was like geneva that got canceled and it got moved yeah. to like i don't yep. even remember where it was eagle river and um you know and even at the regional level like i watch all the national stuff now that it's on flow which is so badass like i can't even explain to you how many times we sit with like our friend group in the in discord here and we just talk about like snowcross stuff and we watch it on flow and it's so fun um because it's so different from the stuff that we do um and and I watch like the national level guys and they're just insane. Like when you watch, you know, pro light, even at a national level is just like insane. The dexterity these guys have, but like mentally they have to be so on it all the time. And how do you balance like your mental and physical strain in a race? Cause I've seen uh, one, one thing that comes to mind was the really long race this year at Plymouth, the first night um, where uh, people were dropping off left and right because it was like 15 laps. And people are dropping off, pulling off. Kevin got off after he finished second looked like he was going to pass out. And then you rolled by, and you couldn't even tell you were breathing in your helmet. Like, I thought, I was like, is this guy actually, like, alive? Or what's going on? Um, but, you know, physically, you kind of outperform people in long races too. But, like, mentally, how do you... How do you find a balance between your physical and your mental strain during a long race or just races in general? Honestly, like the physical thing all comes down to just preparing in the off season. Um, you know, I'm not posting about it and stuff, but, but, you know, I'm doing my best to work out, you know, 
three to four days a week. It's it's tough, you know, working working a full time job uh, in IT. It's it's really tough. It's really demanding. You get home from work, and the last thing you want to do is go jump on a on a row machine or stationary bike or whatever, and just do the work that you've got to do to be competitive on a sled. But like everybody's putting in the work these days. Um, for me, like the physical aspect is not the most difficult. The most difficult part for me is just getting, like you said, in the right headspace. Regionally, it's for me, it's not a big deal just because I expect that when we go to regional races that I'm going to be, you know, up front every single race. It's There's a lot of pressure that goes along with that. But, uh, you know, I expect that of myself. And then when we go to nationals, it's like, I'm constantly comparing myself to the other guys that I'm going up against. And it's almost like for anyone that follows like amateur motocross, it's almost like that these days where people are devoting their entire winters to the sport of snowcross. You know, they're moving, moving to Minnesota, spending the whole winter uh, at the practice tracks, like during the week. So, you know, they're constantly on the sleds. And that to me is what's made a huge difference for a lot of these riders the last couple of years, because seat time in this sport is everything if you're not comfortable on the sled going into the race weekend you're you're pretty much um already like you know you're already going to be taken taking a hit so i think that's what it boils down to these days personally yeah and like you know you look at guys like elias ishul or like i don't even know just any of the national guys that are really good and like jordan labelle too like I've seen Jordan LaBelle rally from dead last and like he goes down turn one, you know, right off the start and, and he can rally to win a race from that. And f- in our world, like we have cautions and, and, you know, there's stuff that can get you back to the front in races, but with Snowcross, it's like if someone's not upside down and or on fire or, you know, something really bad happens, they don't stop races. And, and, to be able to like ride through that. The one thing that I think of too is like when Kevin had his wreck at Plymouth this past year. And I remember you saying something about like having to ride every lap and look and see your friend was like on the ground and you didn't know what was going on. But the mental like just capacity you have to have to ride through stuff like that. How do you, how do you get through that stuff? Cause I know that if I saw a friend of mine like laying on the ground and not knowing if he was okay, I don't know that I'd be able to focus on riding a snowmobile and jumping feet in the air. Yeah, and you know, I kind of fall. I find myself falling into that category. The old, the older I get, I like the more concerned I am with with the safety of the other riders. Um, you know, when I was a lot younger, it's easier for me to I think stay focused on the task at hand, which was just you know running my running my own race and just trying to be up front every race but now it's like like you said i mean you're friends with these guys on and off the track and when you see someone get hurt like that like it really shakes you um had a couple of pretty bad crashes over the years and um seen some pretty bad wrecks too both nationally and regionally and it i'd be lying if i said it didn't wear on me you know there's um i probably couldn't count on my my uh using my hands you know to like really put it into words like how many times I've almost stepped away from the sport just because like I didn't know if I had it in me to line back up um but the cool thing about racing is that like you could have 10 races and nine of them go terribly 
But that last race, you know, you find yourself on the podium or you get a win or it could be something as silly as a heat race, you know, just podium in a heat race. And instantly, you, you know, your mood improves and you're like, okay, I'm, I've still got what it takes and I'm going to continue to line up for it. Yeah. And like, that's a really good point because, you know, I was pretty open with you last year um, when I had like a four race swing where, I, I mean, I wrecked, wrecked, got knocked out and, you know, I was hurting pretty bad. And I kind of came to you because I know you've ridden through injuries and I just wanted to know how I could take care of myself. We had a lot of conversation about stuff like that. Um, But, like, just being able to get through injuries, too, is a huge part of snowcross. Because you are, I don't know if this kind of, like, rattles home to you sometimes, but you're just, like, way off the ground on snowcross and you're on a (laughs) snowmobile. And you're flying through the air and you're landing on snow and you're hoping you don't, you know, like go ass over tea kettle. Um, how do you, cause I know you've ridden through some injuries. I know like Adam rode through, what did he do to his ankle last year? I don't even know. He rolled, I believe he rolled his ankle, but then he was racing with broken ribs early on in the season too. That, too. Which, yeah, that was that winter, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just talk kind of a little, like, I'm, I'm sure you've had injuries. None since I've met you, I don't think. But I'm sure you've had injuries that you've had to ride through. And sometimes even on the same, like, hell, in a heat race, and, and then you have to line back up for, for the final. Um, how do you, like, shut off your pain almost to, to get through injuries that you might not even, at the time your adrenaline is going so high you might not even know, but halfway through a race you're like, wow, I messed myself up. This isn't good. How do you how do you get through stuff like that? Honestly, like you said, it's it really boils down to just the adrenaline. It's amazing what it can do for you. Uh, I mean, the last couple of years, and I think everybody, you know, in this, whether it's snowcross, motocross, or whatever the sport is, like everyone, I feel like has a nagging injury of some sort, uh, and I'm no exception. You know, I've I've had injuries on my back, my back, ankle, stuff like that. Uh, the last couple of years, like that's hindered me. I feel like you know, regionals it doesn't really show, but when you go to a national and the tracks get rougher and the holes get deeper, like that's where that stuff really comes out and it's tough to you know adjust for it and just focus on the task at hand but uh yeah like adrenaline it's just a wonderful thing dude you, <laughs> you get a if you get a whole shot or whatever like it just goes goes to the back of your head and you just focus on riding and it's most wonderful thing in life i'm telling you <laughs> it can get you through some stuff i mean like I said, when I, I kind of came to you when I was hurt and I was, you know, because normally guys in our style of things don't don't go through injuries as much just because there's a, a ton that can go wrong, um, like dirt circle wise, um, if you're not feeling 100% and you're banging into shit. And there's a lot of shit to hit uh, on, you know, dirt circles. And granted, we have a roll cage and stuff and it's the same for you guys, but a lot of guys tend to shy away from you know, racing with injuries. Like I was telling you the other day that I tore my meniscus in the knee and I just haven't been racing. Cause I'm not sure I can get out if I'm on fire or stuff like that. Um, but getting through injuries like that with just adrenaline, it's great at the time, especially when you're, you know, still competitive. Um, but the long-term strain on your mental health and your physical health too, is so like prominent after, like I'm 22 and I feel like I'm 50, you know, <laughs> and I know you're 28 and you probably feel like you're 70 sometimes trying to walk upstairs 
and, and just from the fact that your stuff is really physical, like ours is too, but not nearly what snowcross and motocross and stuff like that is. And being able to get through stuff that you're, I mean, you have nagging pains constantly from the stuff you do on top of having to get through like being in the right headspace and, and just talk about how you kind of prepare for a race. Cause I like, you know, you can roll into a race, your back is killing you, but still you have to know that you have a task at hand and it doesn't matter whether your back hurts or not. If you're getting on your sled, you have to perform. So just talk about how you like mentally prepare yourself for a race weekend. It's man. I wish I, I wish I could really put it into words. It's, it's so tough and you know i might not be the best racer to ask just because you know i'm not able to devote as much as much time as i would like to like getting my body in the right right state to go racing you know i know people are like foam rolling or they're doing like really light cardio work or whatever to just you know relax their muscles and get get prepared for the weekend or you know to recover from a race weekend and i try to do some of that stuff as much as i can but man it's so tough um I'm fortunate where I've got a full where I've got a full time job, but with that comes you know a lot of responsibility, and I can't just you know push my work off and and ditch it all for for snowcross as much as I would like to. I'm just not in position to do that. So, you know, for me, like the one of the reasons why I continue to go to the races and continue to line up despite like nagging injuries, it's it's the promise that you know you could have a really good race and it could just like I said earlier, it could make it all worth it. Um, also, when you're looking at at your bank account and you're seeing how much how much money's flowing out for this whole dream and hobby of yours, it's it's like okay, well, if I'm gonna you know if I'm gonna spend the money on it, I wanna I'm gonna try to do the best that I can and I want to take advantage of it while I can. Yeah, and I think we've had money conversations before. It's like. You know, you see all this money leave your bank account and you're spending money like hell. You're working 40, 50, 60 a week and then you're going out in your shop for five, six hours a night trying to get stuff maintained and get stuff cleaned up and get ready. And you're taking time off of work where you could be making money that you're going to spend money. Um, The time on the road is a lot more for you than it is for me. I'm driving at the most two hours away from home to race, coming back the same night. You know, stuff like that. couple two-day weekends here and there. But I'm fortunate enough to live so central to our racetracks around here that I can make it back, do my maintenance in the morning, go to another racetrack. But I know you spend a lot of time on the road. And, I mean, just with your national schedule, with the national schedule, I mean, it's 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 kind of Midwesty. But, I mean, you were in New York last year, um, Deadwood, Lake Geneva. So there's not really a ton that's close for you. Uh, especially New York, I was shocked when I saw the New York thing. I just, it's so crazy that the logistics of getting snowmobiles to a racetrack in New York just seems insane to me. But just talk about how being on the road affects you. Cause yeah, it's all cool and dandy to, um, you know, get ready for a race weekend when it's two hours away from home, you can leave, you know, Friday morning, Saturday morning, whatever, sleep in your own bed. But when you're, in hotels and or you're sleeping in a sleeping quarters of a trailer 
uh, that takes a toll on you itself on top of what you're doing as a, a hobby, a sport, a job, whatever it is, depending on your level. Um, talk about how the road affects you, because I know that we've stayed in some really bad hotels, <laughs> like the Dells comes to mind, where we tried to go to a hot tub so that everybody could relax, and the hot tub was a wall now, and we got kicked out of the pool. <laughs> but just talk about how being on the road affects you as a rider and affects you as a person in general. Yeah, I tell you what, I mean, we've definitely stayed in some interesting <laughs> hotels over the years, but, um, you know, you try to you try to book ahead of time and save money and try to find some places that, you know, um, don't have bed bugs and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely tough. Like like you said, I mean, you're you're on the road a lot during the winter. Uh, people that just focus on the nationals, it's I mean, that in itself is enough. Uh, but when you combine that with regional racing, which we've done since 2018, it's it's a lot of miles in the truck, and it really puts you in a crunch for time during the week too. Because I mean, for nationals, we have to leave. Typically, we leave Thursday morning in order to get parked Thursday afternoon, so everything on the sled has to be buttoned up between Monday and Wednesday. That means replacing parts, ordering parts, what have you. So it's, you know, it puts you in a time crunch and then, yeah, I mean, you're spending, you're logging all this time in a vehicle. You're, well, like for me, I've been really fortunate the last couple of years. I'm, you know, I was traveling with a good group of friends. Um, even if it's just one other person, they're, you know, your best friend. But at the end of the day, it really, like it can wear on you. You know, if you have a bad weekend, no one's really in a talkative mood. If you have a really good weekend, then the drives tend to fly by. But anytime you spend that that much time with other people, like you're bound to kind of go at it with them, and and that's tough. You know, it's you you got to keep in mind that like racing is supposed to be fun. If you're not having fun, then there's really no no point in doing it. So it's you know it's really tough. It puts a lot of strain on on you physically and stuff. You know, you're you're driving back home from races, you're sleeping at truck stops and in the truck and and stuff like that so it's it's really tough but uh ultimately i think the memories that you make on these road trips will last a lifetime and that's why we keep doing it i i hate some of the long drives to new york and deadwood but at the same time like some of the best memories i have have happened on those road trips so i wouldn't wouldn't really trade them for for anything and some of the some of the national teams i mean they're they're hauling around you know five sleds in a stacker and with a toter um they're sleeping at the track you know they have they have luxuries that you don't right so you're supposed to you're almost expecting yourself to get to a racetrack in you know your f-150 with your trailer and uh just a bunch of energy drinks coursing through your veins to keep you awake and um these guys are showing up you know with stackers and toters and they have all the stuff you could ever want um and that's kind of the same in our our world right so i can show up to the track with rf 150 our trailer unload my stuff and and i'm fortunate for everything i have but you know there's people that roll in with these five hundred thousand dollar haulers with thirty thousand dollar race cars running for three hundred dollars to win and i'm expected to do better than those people or i'm expecting myself to do better than those people and it's kind of the same thing with you. You know, you're rolling up to these national events and these guys are doing this for a job. They're doing it for a living. So they're expecting to perform. And you get there and you're expecting yourself to perform too. 
but you're also driving eight hours in a, a truck. You're not flying, and then you're staying in a hotel that's you know 20 minutes down the road that might have bed bugs, um, depending on your luck. Which, again, our, our hotel luck has never been good, especially together. Um, but um, just the the grassrootsy type of feel of what you're doing um, sings to me because that's kind of how I feel. Um, is where you know you, you can go to these big races and and think that you're gonna come out and win and you have before and um, your your national win in 2019 I know how special that was to you because I could see you you know I, I don't see you celebrate much when you win but you know watching the fist pump um, I went back and watched that before and watching your fist pump and how excited you were in the podium interview and stuff like that it's just talk about how how success feels when you know that sometimes you're even the underdog at a national level, um, even even though you're not an underdog at a regional level. Um, still, just talk about how how good the success feels and how easily you can pretend like none of the bad happens when you have that good. Yeah, man, I get I get choked up thinking about that win because if you looked at like you know, yes, I've been racing my whole life, but when I really started taking it serious was so much later than most people. Um, in the sport of snowcross i mean most kids nowadays are they're getting into the national level at a much younger age they could be 10 years old or or even younger you know they've got the 120 classes and transition classes and that sort of stuff so everyone's kind of like being groomed to go and race these national races at a much younger age and i was 21 22 when i started doing it full time um, so it you know it's tough and racing like you said it's it's a mind game you show up to these races and you see these guys that you're racing against racing out of, you know, these massive trailers, plenty of parts to go around and, and they've got a whole team of people working around them to just make sure that one, they finish the races too, that they don't have to worry about anything themselves. And for me, that's, that's always been a challenge. Like, yes, I've had help. I've had a tremendous amount of help from, you know, my own family, friends like Jared, Kevin, Tanner, those guys, um, support from sponsors and stuff sure over the years but like ultimately i'm still involved to some extent and that in my opinion takes away from from some success on the track i think it's it's tough to manage it all and it's something that i've really struggled with over the years but like you said it's it, it's tough it's so tough to be competitive but when you have those good races man it it really like it just makes you feel so proud of yourself and what you've accomplished. And I look back on, you know, that win in 2019 or the podium that I got, uh, got back at Eco river two years ago. And after struggling all season long, that one race really like made my whole season. And that's why I came back last year or this past season, um, for more. So it's, it means so much to have good results like that. And if people only knew like, how much work you're putting in by yourself or with that core group of people around you, like it would blow minds. I really think it would. And that's kind of like why I started this, this whole podcast, right? Cause I can sit here and die on this hill that I put in a lot of work to my stuff and you put in a lot of work to your stuff. And, um, it's not that anybody deserves it more than you and I, or less than you and I, but I think so many people think, even in our world, they go to the racetrack, they see me pull out onto the racetrack and they just 
assume that I have the exact same things as everybody around me. When in reality, I maybe I don't have as many spare parts. Maybe I don't have as good of a motor. Maybe my car is not handling as well. I don't have the money for shocks. I don't have the money for springs, stuff like that. I think a lot of people are blissfully ignorant to how much of a struggle it is to even be a weekend warrior you know, racer in anything. Um, you could go to tractor pulls and there's people who are busting their asses that are, are making these tractors work, you know, and there's, you know, there's, you know, people in my sport who are just on just shoestring budgets, but they show up every single week because they love to do it so much. And I think so many people just take for granted that they get to go to a snowcross race in Plymouth and watch you just whoop everybody's ass and and but they don't think that guy spent this amount of money this amount of time and this amount of effort to make this happen so that I could come here and watch and I think you're right I think if people really had an open honest like breakdown of the logistics of getting to a racetrack at in any division of any kind of racing every single week I think they would they would lose their minds at how much how many just mountains you have to move by hand to make it happen every single week. Yeah, dude, it's, I mean, it blows my mind. And the older I've gotten, the more I appreciate it. Like when I was, you know, when I was younger, I'd look around and like, you see some of these guys and they're showing up on, you know, sleds that are three, four or five years old. And you, you know, you find yourself like laughing at them and it could be their very first race. And you're like, you see guys like mocking them, but ultimately like at the end of the day, those are the guys that, that make these sports go around and, you know, that allow these regionals and even the national series to thrive because they're the ones putting, investing the money into the sport and, and all that. And like nowadays, like you will, I guarantee you will not find me making fun of riders because they, they look uncomfortable on the sled or it's an old sled that they're racing. Like you just won't see it because I, I've been in that same position, you know, racing, racing older sleds or showing up not with the best gear, like whatever it is, you know, like, and I truly appreciate what those guys do. And I have so much respect for them just to be out there because, you know, at the end of the day, it's not like they're sitting on the couch. They're, they're spending their hard earned money and time and really investing it in the sport of snowcross. So it's like, you can't, you really can't knock anyone in the sport. I don't think. And there's, there's so much, there's so much in, I guess, in our world, it's a little more obvious, right? So if I roll onto the racetrack and I'm, I'm behind a car that I know is just an underperforming car, um, I'm not sitting there going, ha ha, you know, like that's, you know, it's a shit box, stuff like that. Um, it's, you know, you, I almost, in my mind, I want those people to do better than me. Um, will they most of the time? No, uh, but I've been in situations and I know you've been here too, where people come to you for help, advice, parts, and I'm the first guy to give out anything I know. I, you know, if I have a drive shaft laying around that you need, absolutely have it either pay me back for it later, give me it back, whatever. Um, and I, I've been in your trailer enough to see people come over and just ask you for parts or advice or something like that. And it's, just, there's never hesitation. Um, and that's because I think you and I both know what it's like to be that person who doesn't have this or have that. And you've already spent the money to be at a race weekend, but you just can't, um, something breaks, you know, something you didn't see happening. Um, and, and it really truly is, it's so special to, it's not like a, 
like I'm a stand-up guy type of thing. You know, it's not like braggy, but it's so special to be able to to help somebody um, maybe make their sled better or make their car better or help them with a part and watch them go out there, race, enjoy it. And sometimes maybe even you take it for granted is, you know, I have all these parts laying around. If I wreck something, I wreck something, I'll replace it. And, and maybe sometimes you finish bad, um, but, you know, you finishing fourth, fifth, whatever, might be super disappointing to you. But the dude behind you that's on, like, you know, a 2012 something or another is he would kill for fifth. And sometimes I think a lot of race car drivers or uh, riders just take take being able to be at a racetrack and be a part of the show for granted, um, especially in your world, like making um, national finals. I, I, there's, there's times where that's just a win in itself. And I think that, again, that goes back to when people don't understand the logistics of it. They may say, Hey, I, you know, I, this guy finished ninth, you know, he sucks, but really like if you go to a national and you're finishing top 10, how happy are you? (laughs) Right? Like you're just, you're like, this is insane. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be a part of the show. And, you know, that may be, you know, if Elias Ishul is finishing 10th, he's pissed. But, like, if you're going there and you're finishing 10th, that's a really good run for you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's tough because, like, the reason why we race is, you know, we're competitive individuals. Um, I was never great at team sports because, you know, if, like, teammates aren't doing well, I mean, you can try to step up, but it's really tough to, you know, overcome some of those hurdles. And whereas, like, in racing, it's, for the most part, yes, like you, your machine has to be dialed in and stuff, but ultimately like it comes down to the rider too. And, uh, yeah, like, you know, I'm competitive and I want to do well, but some weekends it's like, you know, I might, might have to come through the LCQ and start back row. And, you know, I maybe wake, make my way up to seventh, sixth or fifth place, something, something like that. And, like you said, from the outside looking in, it doesn't look that great. But from my perspective, it's like, okay, well, I just worked like, you know, 50 hours and then got home from work, worked on the sled until midnight, 1 a.m. in the morning, packed up with a couple of buddies, drove out all night long, got to the got to the track late. And, you know, so you're running on zero hours of sleep. And, you know, maybe this maybe the sled isn't, you know, tip top shape compared to some of the other guys but you're still out there doing it and you know you know what went into that weekend so it's like maybe fifth place is the best you've got that weekend and so you can you know rest easy and and take comfort knowing that you gave it all you could and fifth place was the best you could do that day and back to the kind of like um, making fun of people for you know wrecking stuff or being on a bad sled i remember this story that you told me that you were racing 120s and you blew up a sled and there was parents like clapping and, and like happy because you won everything in one twenties. Um, that kind of stuff I feel like nowadays would get your ass kicked. Um, but that was a different time, right? I mean, how old were you when that happened? Oh man, that was shoot. I was probably eight or nine years old when that, that incident happened when we were racing one twenties regionally. And it's, it's something on, you know, it just, sticks with you like i'll never i'll never forget that and it's it's terrible as like a kid to have that and you know knowing that your your parents and your family and and everyone around you put everything into that and then ultimately at the end of the day someone's like happy that that you lost or that 
that the sled didn't make it the full race. And I don't necessarily like today. I don't know that you would see that really like, sure. Like maybe like some fans coming in general admission, whatever. Um, if they're, you know, if they want their guy to win and another guy's sled blows up or, or something like crazy happens during the race, uh, sure. They may, may be cheering what, which, you know, it is what it is. You're never going to prevent that. But I don't think like people that are really in the sport, like I, I would hope that no one ever like cheers for that sort of thing or, or gets pumped up because that's just, man, it'll leave a, if that rider were to see your reaction to it, like that would, I don't know would really take a toll on them i feel like and i think stuff like that leaves such a a permanent mark on a rider or a driver because i mean i've i've had those situations where you know i did pretty okay last year and and you start to the better you do the more enemies you make and it's kind of the toxic shitty part of of just racing in general i don't care if you're racing golf carts around a fucking parking lot it's you know there's there's going to be someone that's mad at you cuz you're better than them um and to hear like getting out of my car after a feature win and hearing boos it was like you know i can take that stuff in a certain way where it's like well that person's mad at me because i won and they don't like me and it's you know you've never met these people like fans you know you have fans that come and they they don't like you for some whatever reason about something they heard about you or just the way you drive or the way you ride and uh you know you're just you're like bewildered that someone first of all cares enough to like verbally make that comment to you. But that kind of stuff sticks with not just kids, but like people. Cause I can remember situations where people were happy that I wrecked or people were happy that something happened to my car or stuff like that. And I just, I think that the entire racing world itself could benefit from being a little less shitty to each other. Uh, we're all competitive and we all want to win and we're all pissed off when we don't win. But sometimes I think that we all need to just kind of step back and be like, yeah, okay, well, I didn't have the best night, but there's no reason that I should be happy that someone else didn't, or I should be happy that someone else just spent their entire paycheck from their work week and blew a motor up or, you know, flipped, flipped in a, a final stuff like that. And I just, I feel like there's so much opportunity for the racing world to like grow as people. Because no kid should ever be on a 120 that, you know, their parents are helping them with and, and hear people laughing when something goes wrong or nobody should ever, nobody should ever have to go through that. And we put ourselves out there as riders and racers to a public audience, knowing that this could happen to us, but still those situations, they just, they stick with you and nobody should have to ever deal with that. But when you do, it, it will never leave your mind because you just you always think back to that or um you think back to a situation that happened that you could have handled better or stuff like that and that's where i kind of like when i met you i kind of realized that you handle yourself really well um especially in like bad situations because i've seen you kind of get driven into and stuff like that and um you just you handle that so well that i you know i don't know if you remember our conversations about it but i've come to you a few times where it's like Hey man, how do you like stay cool? <laughs> Cause I, there's been times where I've lost my mind at a racetrack and then I see you go out there and just get flat out run into or something wrecks and you still seem to just, I mean, smile through it, laugh. And I know some of that might be fake cause that's what we do as people to put on a, a front where we're okay. Um, but just kind of talk about how, how do you get yourself through 
like the bad times because I I know we've kind of touched on it a few times, but like if you can think about a time where you've been so, I guess Plymouth that first time that I met you, like I remember how how upset you were because you loved that race so much and how just much you wanted to go home. How do you pull yourself out of dark places like that? Yeah, I mean, I think you've probably witnessed me at some of my lowest points. Uh, you know, Plymouth, the one year, the regional race in winter this year where, you know, pulled a killer start by like a sled length and then going into the first corner, the you know, like how outsiders perceive it. For me, like growing up as a kid, like I'm not going to lie, through temper tantrums and, and got frustrated and pissed off and things like that. Um, you know, gotten upset with the people around me today. And I'm, man, I'm, I'm telling you right now, like maybe on the outside now, like to some of my friends and stuff, it looks like I've got it together. But like, if you see me, uh, for instance, like when I had my crash at, at Iowa this year, uh, I got back to the trailer, took my gear off and stuff and kind of just went and, and decompressed by myself. And that's not because, you know, it's not because like I hate the sport or I hate anyone around me. It's just, I need time to kind of like think about, you know, what's happening and stuff. And, and you just got to take, take some time to yourself. And I hope people respect that. Like just because, you know, you're sitting by yourself, it's like, you don't hate anyone. It's just, you gotta, you gotta relax and kind of gather your thoughts and then, you know, move on from it and for me that i hope that's the approach that that people have seen me take the last couple years uh hopefully i'm not lying here but (laughs) i feel like that's that's what i've tried to do and and the nice thing about racing um snowcross yes there's only like three or four months out of the year that we're able to do it but once you get into the season it's like okay you have a bad bad weekend this weekend well that's okay because in a couple of days you're going to be able to go at it and and try to better your better your result the following weekend. So there's always that opportunity to improve, and that's kind of how how I look at it. You know, there's always hopefully always going to be that that next race that you get to look forward to and that you can um, improve on. For me, that year in Plymouth, that was exactly how I looked at it. You know, we blew a chain in the one final and miraculously you you and jared and and connor kind of pulled together and got the sled back together and got me out there in time for the next final and um gave it my all that race just to you know somehow blow a belt on the the last lap while running in second there too and it's it's so tough but like you know you guys got the sled fixed for the following day we came out and i think we we swept that whole day so it's like Yes, in that moment, it absolutely sucks, but you know, there's always going to be another another opportunity to to get it back, and and that's kind of what I look forward to, and that's how how I take it. You know, when when bad stuff happens like that, uh, that's how I look at it. I think that um, you know, you and I, we got along so well so fast because we both have that racer mentality where you know I can see you have a bad day and I'm not gonna you know sit and joke with you or you know do something that's gonna piss you off worse or make it worse and I I wish more people had that because I've had a lot of people that'll come up to you after like come up to me after a bad night and they're like trying to joke around I'm like I want it's nothing personal but I want nothing to do with you right now and um that's the unfortunate thing 
that I think a lot of fans don't understand is, you know, in our world, you can watch someone flip down the backstretch 10 times and they're hurting, their body's sore. Mentally, it hurts. They know how much it's going to cost. Um, and, and then you have to still be a race car driver because you are someone's idol. And we have a lot of conversations about this in our friend group where it's it's crazy to think that just because one day you made the decision to start racing, now somebody could look at you and idolize you. And um, you still have to hold yourself to a standard, no matter good, bad, or indifferent is how your night is. Um, you still have to hold yourself to a standard because it it takes one time where a little kid wants an autograph or a little kid wants to talk to you and you're in a bad mood and and you let yourself snap or you let something, you know, you, you just ignore them. Um, it takes like one of those times to ruin a kid's love for a sport that you love. And then, you know, years down the road, instead of being a rider or a race car driver, they think back to that time where you know, someone was having a bad night uh, and, and they didn't want to talk. And then suddenly they don't want to be a race car driver anymore. Or they don't want to be a rider anymore. And sometimes, you know, no matter how good or how bad your night is, you still have to think that the things that you say and do can negatively or positively impact someone's life um, choices. Uh, you know, you think you think that that autograph you signed for a kid after a bad night is nothing and it's just you being a nice guy, but really that kid just watched you out there, you know, wreck, struggle, not finish well, still came to your trailer, still talked to you, and then, you know, they're like, man, that guy, if that guy can get through, you know, doing that and not doing well and he still wanted to talk to me, then, you know, why can't I do this or why can't I get through this in life? And um, sometimes I guess as a racer, I have to sit back and think like, I could have the worst night of my life at the racetrack, but there's still some kid out there who's going to want to talk to me or some kid out there who's going to idolize me even if I don't do well. And, and there's so much, the, racing is so much deeper than going in circles and going over jumps and, and stuff like that, where sometimes I think as a racer, I don't know how much you reflect on it, but like to me, sometimes I really have to sit back and think, I there's people who would kill for my worst nights. Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I sit back, you know, especially like in the off season and at my age, I think, you know, I appreciate, like I mentioned it earlier, like I appreciate it so much more now. I appreciate what other guys do for me. The, all of our partners and sponsors, the, the support, like people used to make fun of it. Like, you know, discounts like 20, 30% off, but like, Simple stuff like that, people have no idea how much, like in these in these sports that we're in, like how much that helps and how grateful we are as racers, as kind of more privateer racers, like how much we really do appreciate it. And um, you know, I'm so lucky to you know have the guys supporting me that I do. You know, everyone in my family, my friends over the years, uh, everybody at Skidoo, like the guys at Lakeland power sports backed me years ago and there's some of the most awesome guys. Like they've, they've dropped everything for me at times. And, um, you know, almost every sponsor I've had has done something for me in my time in need. And it's, it's so cool. And I hope that when, you know, my time comes and I, I step away from the sport or step away from racing, whatever, uh, which I hope isn't for a few more years, you know, uh, I'm getting close to that plus 30 class. So <laughs> hopefully, keep, hopefully keep it going. But, I hope that uh, that they remember me as, you know, 
a guy that was always grateful for for whatever they gave me and um never like pushed them for more you know it was disrespectful and stuff because that's to me that would mean that i i failed especially in my later years of my career uh, i would never want to be known like that i've i feel like i've tried to help um especially on a regional level help like some of the guys coming up through the sport and try to I don't know, just give them a little bit of guidance, you know, try to avoid some of the mistakes that I made as a 16 or even a 17 year old kid, um, you know, getting cocky and letting things go to your head and, uh, you know, mocking, mocking other racers at times. I, I hate to say that I was, that I was that kid, but I was at times and it stinks. Like I look back on it and I'm like, wow, like I really made mistakes and, you know, I'm proud of where I'm at today and, and helping some, some younger racers and things like that and helping to some extent on the regional series. And I hope when I walk away that, you know, people admire me for, for the guy that I am today. And I, I definitely think that the general like consensus of you in the paddock, just from like talking to people, um, you know, I don't know a lot of people in snowcross. I'll be the first one to admit it. Um, I wasn't honestly into snowcross until you and I met. And then I was like, this is a really cool thing for me to, you know, keep my competitive nature up and watch things and, and, and be a part of things during my off season. Um, and it just, it happens to line up with my off season. Obviously we don't race in the snow. Um, but I, I do think that the general consensus of you is, is what you're trying to portray. I think you carry yourself really well around the racetrack and you are always the first person to help, uh, anybody that needs help. Um, and it, what shows is, is how many people are, who are always happy for you. I'm sorry. <clears throat> what what shows that is how many people are always happy when you're successful um, and are happy for you. I can't even imagine the calls, texts, and people in general in that win in 2019 because I think even back then, I'm sure you were portrayed as the same guy. I can't speak for it because I didn't know you, but I'm sure that the calls, the texts, everything was so immense that it took you days to respond to people because I think that when you are one of the good guys of the sport that anybody that sees you succeed who you've helped is like hey man i've you know i've taken parts from that guy and i've taken advice from that guy it's really cool to see him out there um doing good things and and i think that when the time comes for you to walk away from the sport the time comes for me to walk away from the sport i think the only thing you have to look back on is your memories and how you're perceived um because i know that once you stop riding you're not going to stop going to races um and i think a lot of your character is based on how many people want to talk to you when you have nothing to offer if that makes sense um you're not there with a trailer full of parts um but you know i i think about adam a lot adam still races but i think a lot of people like adam because he's adam he's not adam the snowcross racer um he's a older guy who has been through some stuff too and um i think a lot of people like adam because he's kind of like the dad figure of snowcross, especially at a regional level. I, everybody talks to Adam. Everybody loves Adam. And um, I think that you have a glaring opportunity to be very similar to him um, just by the way that you both carry yourselves. And I think that's why you two get along so well as well. Um, but I, I really do think that just from my experience with you, you're doing a really good job at, at what you're trying to accomplish there. And um, I think that I think that you're going to kick ass and plus 30 still. <laughs> so I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too worried about getting old. That's, that's the goal, man. I, uh, I really like, like I've said before, I've, you know, I've contemplated hanging it up even, 
even as recently as as you know my hometown races here at Lake Geneva like you know Sunday I was not feeling it wanted to step away but all it takes is you know one good performance and it it could be like we said earlier it could be just a you know a top 10 a ninth place finish but like for me I'm on that day like that was the best I could do and I'm happy if I'm if I can just ride uh to, to the best of my ability and if a ninth place is what I get that day then so be it like I can still walk away happy and go home and look forward to the next race and um yeah I mean you you know you brought up Adam and dude I'm so thankful that he was able to race with us this year uh I hope he comes back next year I think he's thinking about it and uh yeah it's it's so cool like how long he's been out of the sport and he comes back and like you said the number of people that came up to him and ultimately i i don't think that has anything to do with the type of racer that he was before i think people remember him for for the type of type of person that he is and uh, ultimately that's how that's how i want to be be remembered and you know hopefully guys you know will think that of me when uh when i step away from racing and if i ever come back to to racing or whatever just to watch or spectate which I think is is going to be tough when that day comes, you know, because uh, it's hard to be on the sidelines watching the races. Yeah, I agree, and and I'm kind of going through something like that right now, where it's I hate watching racing um, because I can't race. Um, but honestly, Brian, uh, I I really appreciate you coming on and doing this. Um, I'll give you a chance to. I know that this is your off season, so I know you don't know a ton about you know partners and stuff, but the sponsors you do know are coming back. Um, plug anybody you want to. Uh, your crew, everything like that. I'm just going to give you the floor for a minute. Yeah, well, first off, I appreciate you guys giving me this opportunity to talk just candidly, you know, about the sport and some of the things that we go through as racers. I think it's a great thing that you're doing just to give people that, that perspective for once and you know, maybe not not focus so much on the guys that are taking first, second every weekend, the guys that are, you know, giving it their all and maybe they're finishing further back in the pack, but uh, they're still out there doing doing their best and um you know i i would be a fool not to thank everybody at skidoo um you know the race coordinator there carrie he's helped me out just tremendously since he took over that that role and um the parts department there and it's <laughs> they work their they work their butts off to get the parts out in time so we can so as racers we can all all make it uh to the next weekend Everybody at Lakeland Power Sports, those guys, like I said, they they stepped up a couple years back for me, and I didn't immediately have the results that I wanted to. But then, you know, the following year we got them the win, and um, you know, Brian, Derek, and the rest of the guys there, they they backed me one hundred percent, and um, just uh, yeah, everybody, fly racing, um, helmets and stuff, you know, safety is so important these days. Like we talked about injuries earlier, and wouldn't really trust my head in anything else um you know all all the smaller companies all the products that go on the sleds um the patents and stud boy they've backed me numerous years everybody at goodwin performance i again i'd be a fool not to thank them because they've helped me with setting up the sleds all these years uh kurt dialing shocks and greg with just his vast um knowledge and clutching and snowmobiles in general matt for always taking care of parts over there and making sure that Jared and I are taken care of when we go to the weekend, go to the races on the weekends. Um, Matt and Ben of MBMX and Matt's welding for always taking care of the sluts too. When we, when we get into a pinch and, and need some fabricating done, 
those guys are are good people and uh rock speed effects uh you know ap ap performance stepping up and taking care of the of installing wraps and you know something like that just takes so much pressure off your plate that guys don't think about it but it's like every every little detail these guys have covered and it means so much when they they step up and support you as a racer um and i know i'm missing a bunch of other people but I, truly i'm i'm so grateful for everyone that that supports us and supported me you know my entire career and most of these guys hopefully i will be with for for the rest of my career um one of the another sponsor that I, you know i'd be um silly not to thank is west coast customs um steve over there helped me out the last couple of years and it's really cool to see some of these sponsors jumping into the sport of snowcross and you know it could be they like trail riding and stuff and they they see snowcross once like you did yourself and they get hooked on it and it's so cool to be involved with all of these great companies and and you know to consider these guys friends for hopefully a lifetime yeah man and honestly i'd just like to say before we end here i i appreciate all the times that um you've listened to the things i've had to say um just in general um as a as somewhat of a kid compared to you um you know i i'm, I'm a lot younger and you've got a lot more life experience and you've been through some stuff and 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 i've come to you for a lot of stuff and i really just appreciate you always being there to to talk um, I know that you're just like that in general um, for anybody because that's just kind of the person you are. But I really do appreciate it. You've helped me through some stuff, and um, it gives me the opportunity to be so open about it um, on a public platform like this. And I, I do appreciate you coming on here and being candid with us. And, and um, I think that it's a really healthy thing for people to um, see this side of the sport uh, so that you know, the next time they are at the racetrack and someone does bad, they're not cheering for it. And, um, just the way that some of this stuff affects people like you and I, um, and, and there's people that'll never understand it. And that's where it's nice to have friends like you and, and so many people that you and I know mutually who would just drop anything to listen to you talk for a half an hour if you're having a bad day. Um, so I really do appreciate it. And I appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah. I just want to say too, like, guys don't be afraid to reach out to people like if if you need help whatever it is um don't be afraid to reach out to to your closest friends and stuff or anybody in the racing community is the last couple of years like i've been i've been so thankful to be able to rely on you know guys like yourself trevor um when i'm down in the dumps and stuff like it's amazing how much people really help lift your spirits and so i just want to encourage anyone like going through any tough times like just you know lean on your friends and and family to help get you out of those 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 binds and um yeah look forward to the next race and hopefully we get a chat with you guys again soon this was this has been fun all right thank you very much brian and we will be back next week with an unannounced guest because i have been winging this since i started it so brian peterson on the inside of the helmet podcast